to Podcasts On Demand, a continuing medical education activity. This activity includes the most recent and current clinical data presented by leading experts. If you are seeking continuing education credit, please review the disclosures and the requirements for a successful completion of the activity prior to listening to the podcast. A link is found in the podcast description that can direct you to this information. Welcome to this edition of Clinical Clips, an accredited continuing education activity. This brief expert video will spotlight the daily hot topics from the conference. Hi, I'm Jamie Taft from Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center and bringing you updates from ESMO 2023. This is Clinical Clips, spotlighting hot topics in non-small cell lung cancer harboring EGFR mutations. Now, there was a lot of data in lung cancer at ESMO 2023. We're going to focus on the EGFR space. First, covering first-line data. This is new trial readouts in both Exxon 20, as well as classic EGFR alterations, and then move on to some new data and updates in second-line non-small cell lung cancer treatment. We'll start with the Papillion study. This is a phase three study, the first of its kind in the first-line setting for patients with EGFR exon 20 insertion mutations. Now, these are patients who are not, are not lucky enough to have sensitization to the classic EGFR TKIs. Therefore, other treatment strategies have been employed. Amivantamab is an EGFR met bispecific antibody that has been approved by the US FDA for the second-line treatment of exon 20 mutations. And the Pillion study is a first-line study comparing platinum doublet chemotherapy to platinum doublet chemotherapy with amivantamab, specifically carboplatin pemetrexid. The high-level data are shown here with the primary endpoint of progression-free survival. This was a big difference with a hazard ratio of 0.395 or 0.4, showing a median progression-free survival for the AMI chemo arm of 11.4 months and a median progression-free survival with chemo only of 6.7 months. Not only was there an improvement in progression-free survival, there was increased response rate with the combination of AMI chemo with more than half of patients achieving a, an objective response of 73% with a 50% tumor reduction per resist. This was uh, superior to chemotherapy with a response rate in under half of patients. Now, of course, this efficacy has to be mitigated by the toxicity. And I'll, I'll, I'll pause a bit on the data here because it's these, this combination theme is going to repeat throughout the clinical clip update. While there were not a dramatic increase in grade three or higher toxicity, there is a substantial increase in all grade toxicity with the combination of AMI chemo. These are well-known amivantamab side effects, rash, paronychiae, stomatitis, diarrhea, as well as edema. Now these were increased in the AMI chemo arm as would be expected and while not severe, certainly meaningful from a patient perspective. Next, we'll move on to the Mariposa study. This is a frontline study of amivantamab and lazertinib, which is a third-generation EGFR inhibitor not otherwise currently used in the United States, compared with either osimertinib, the standard of care first-line drug, or lazertinib alone for patients with treatment-naive, classically EGFR-sensitizing mutations. 
Now this phase three study likewise had a primary endpoint of progression-free survival, which was superior with amivantamab and lazaritinib. Median progression-free survival was nearly two years with the combination compared to 16.6 months with OC or 18 and a half months with lazaritinib alone. Also, interestingly, the response rate was comparable though. About 85-86% of patients in both treatment arms had an objective response. So fantastic response rate but with, with either drug, but an improved progression-free survival with the combination of AMI and laser. Of course, again, back to the side effect profile. While high-grade toxicities were uncommon, there was an increase in expected low-grade toxicities with the combination. We really need to understand who is appropriate for this combination. And amivantamab-specific toxicity is venous thromboembolism uh, to the degree that now prophylactic blood thinners are recommended upon initiation of this drug. Moving on to a data update, the FLORA2 study has been previously presented. This is a study in the same population as we just saw, frontline untreated, classic EGFR-sensitizing mutations. And in this study, chemotherapy was added to osimertinib. So cisplatin or carboplatin with pemetrexid followed by pemetrexid maintenance with osimertinib or osimertinib monotherapy. Now we've previously seen the primary endpoint of this study showing an improved progression-free survival, both in the investigator assessed arm and by uh, blinded independent review, hazard ratio of 0.62, favoring the combination of chemotherapy and osimertinib over osimertinib alone. There was a signal in the initial data that perhaps there was a great, great benefit in those with brain metastases, and that is the update shown at ESMO. Uh, you can see the CNS data here showing an improved progression, uh, CNS progression-free survival, both in patients with a known history of brain metastasis, as well as in all comers. Furthermore, there was an improved response rate in the CNS, both in patients with and without previously radiated brain mets. Moving on, we saw three randomized phase two studies combining EGFR third-generation tyrosine kinase inhibitors with some sort of VEGF inhibition. Shown here are the amloeritinib and apatinib study. This is a randomized phase two study, which did not show an improved progression-free survival with the combination over the third-generation inhibitor alone. There was suggestion of benefit in subsets of patients with liver and brain mets, but the overall study population was negative. Similar, similarly, the OCRAM1 or TORG 1833 study combined ramucirumab with osimertinib, and similarly, no improvement in progression-free survival. Numerically, the OC monotherapy arm did better. A third study was presented with OCRAM. However, the data was immature. The primary endpoint of progression-free survival was not shown, and the objective response rate data was comparable. We're going to move on now to the second line setting. This is the Mariposa 2 study, a randomized phase 3 study evaluating patients with classically sensitizing EGFR alterations after progression on osimertinib monotherapy. The standard of care in this patient population has been platinum doublet chemotherapy. In this study, patients were randomized to that standard of care chemotherapy, carboplatinum pemetrexid, with either amivantamab or amivantamab and lazaritinib. Each of the experimental arms was compared to the control arm of chemotherapy. 
The primary endpoint and secondary endpoint of response rate are summarized here. The PFS was superior in both experimental arms compared to chemotherapy alone. Surprisingly is how poor chemotherapy does with a median progression-free survival of only 4.2 months. The combination of amivancimab and chemotherapy was superior with 6.3 months and the triplet arm 8.3 months. However, toxicity in that arm was notable. Objective response rate was also improved 36% with chemotherapy compared to 64% with amivantamab added to chemotherapy. A surprising yet reassuring finding here was intracranial progression-free survival, also showing dramatic improvement of intracranial progression-free survival in all patients, as well as in patients with a history of brain metastases with either experimental arm as compared to chemotherapy. Now, to me, this is not surprising as EGFR inhibition is preserved. Once again, though, back to the safety profile and something to keep in mind, really asking ourselves who will be appropriate for this combination therapy compared to chemo alone. High-grade toxicities were comparable. Uh, hematologic toxicities were not worse. However, low-grade and expected amivantamab-related toxicities were evident across the board, perinicchiae rash stomatitis. Finally, we saw a data update from previously presented study of Herthina Lung 01. This is a study of a HER3 antibody drug conjugate, phase two study in patients that had previously progressed on an EGFR TKI, as well as previous platinum-based chemotherapy. So this is technically, technically a third-line study. Of great interest in this patient population has been CNS control, and that data was updated here, showing patients who had known CNS disease did quite well with an objective uh, response rate of about a third in patients who had not had prior radiation and 20% in those with previously irradiated brain metastases. Furthermore, the cumulative rates of CNS progression were quite low, uh, reassuring us that both amivantamab and a HER3 ADC despite being extremely large molecules, have some mechanism of getting into the brain and controlling brain metastases. To, so to summarize this clinical clip, updating uh, the ESMO 2023 EGFR positive space, adding chemotherapy or amivantamab to frontline tyrosine kinase inhibitors in classical EGFR-driven disease improves progression-free survival, however, at the cost of toxicity. In terms of EGFR exon 20, where current standard of care is chemotherapy and amivantamab is only approved in the second line, we saw data that adding AME to chemo drastically improves objective response rate as well as progression-free survival. Again, at the cost of toxicity. However, here, perhaps that added response rate is going to move the bar. After osimertinib, adding amivantamab to chemotherapy improves both objective response rate and progression-free survival. Now, who needs the addition of AMI and who needs lazertinib added to AMI and chemo are big questions that we hope future biomarker data can direct us to understand. Amivantamab and chemotherapy, as well as novel ADCs demonstrate promising CNS activity. This is huge as a large percentage of these patients will develop CNS metastases during uh, their, their long um, course of lung cancer care. 
And finally, the signals we saw for VEGF-directed therapy in addition to EGFR TKIs do not show improvement in objective response rate or progression-free survival. So perhaps we're moving on to more uh, directed therapies. Thank you for joining us for this clinical clip from ESMO 2023, highlighting non-small cell lung cancer harboring EGFR mutations. Please visit the landing page to view the slides. We hope you found this podcast useful and educational. To receive continuing education credit and to download your printable certificate, please go to the activity page at practice.cme.com to complete the post-test and evaluation to receive continuing education credit.